0: Good morning and welcome to the Leadership and Insurance podcast. I'm your host Alex Bond, and I'm very lucky today to be joined by Andreas, uh, who is CEO of Euroa. Um, uh, Andreas, good to have you on the podcast. Nice to nice to see you. Um, we met in Barcelona, didn't we? It was slightly sunnier where I am. Where are you calling us from? Where are we speaking to you from? Wonderful. Thanks.
1: Hi, Alex. Nice to be here. Yeah, I'm actually calling from Switzerland, from Zug, a very small town close to uh, Zurich. A lot of people refer to it because it's the Crypto Valley. We are not right. into crypto, but um, there are a lot of tech companies around here.
0: Yeah, uh, yes, I, I sort of know it quite well from the, the crypto scene. Um, not that I'm particularly into the crypto scene. I'm just like everyone else, load, lost a load of money on Bitcoin. Uh, but yeah, never mind. <laughs> So um, Andreas, before we go down that rabbit hole, uh, we always like to traditionally start the podcast by asking you to introduce yourself, but obviously um, your role of business, if you could. Wonderful.
1: Many thanks. Yeah, I'm actually uh, a 46-year-old. I'm uh, an insurance professional for many, many years, almost 25 years. Sounds very boring. It was not always boring, but sometimes it was. So uh, around six years ago we decided to um, create Yarova as a, as a new business model, as a new company, together with uh, some friends that I have worked with also in, in some years before. We were actually all in different insurance companies at that time, so six years ago. So I, I was working for Zurich Insurance, one of the colleagues for AXA, for example. Um, Because we realized that there are some challenges that insurance companies have that they can't solve it individually. We realized, especially when you talk about claims management, about the vendor or provider management, you need lots of different kinds of vendors or providers to settle claims, that even a large insurance company doesn't have enough scale to really have a high-quality local network of vendors or providers to serve their customers. And that's why we came up with the idea to build a cloud-based platform, a marketplace where we actually aggregate all these different kinds of providers. So we have now doctors, lawyers, car repair shops, um, tradesmen, whatever is needed um, to settle a claim and then how the journey goes uh, six uh, around six months ago we um, could launch an additional product to this uh, provider management um, or vendor management platform. That's how we can digitize the automa- or the cover check, so we can automate the cover check that insurance companies do. That's a, still, you probably can't imagine, it's still a manual process at the moment, so they need to train their claims handlers. If there is a search event, they normally have a shortage of people. Then, of course, as it is manual, there are mistakes that happen, and all the information that is also needed for for uh, product development is very limited. So we had now, after four years development, that was not an easy thing, and that's probably the only relation we have somehow to this topic of crypto, but I can explain later why it has nothing to do with crypto, actually is that we have a solution how we can transform a policy wording and the client claims guidelines the claims guidelines normally can change more frequently into a smart contract and this smart contract is then used in the first notification of loss process and then also for an automated cover check um, this solution actually also got great tech, uh, traction in the press with innovation prices in germany and switzerland and um, a lot of demand in, in several co- um, uh, countries and it's it's quite easy right you, you imagine if you would be a policyholder you would also think that you notify a claim and then you want to know as quick as possible actually immediately you want to know is something covered or not and best would be not only that you know it's covered that they also offer you a solution and they say hey you, uh, there is a fence that is broken needs to be fixed here you have the tradesman you can choose so this should actually be the natural process and um, now after five years we work with over 90 insurance companies together, also the large brands like AXA Generali, Zurich Allianz, and we do that in several countries. Um, we have in around five, six countries operations on ground, but we are actually market and language agnostic, so there is, is actually no limitation. Amazing. Um,
0: it's so much to unpack this. So, I remember meeting you in, in Barcelona when I was uh, at the, the DIA ITC event, and... Um, uh, this is, seems like such an obvious solution to, to a problem that we know exists and um, obviously it can't be that easy because it's you know the amount of development time we've had it means that it's one of those things that, that sort of simple solving simple problems have complex solutions at times and, and then solving it the right way um, I'm sort of intrigued about how you all kind of came together because I, I think you've had, you have quite an interesting career to get to this point it's like you know Technology driven, then you kind of more move into more insurance products. But you mentioned that you kind of use uh, sort of co-founding team didn't work at the same company. But did you cross paths? And why was this? That's why I'm always interested. Why was now the time? And why was this the problem that you wanted to solve?
1: Yeah, there are probably always uh, various uh, things come together uh first of all, after being in a corporate environment for over twenty years and you are at the age of around forty, you probably think so what's next so what 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 can I do else honestly I always like to to work for a corporate as well It was never that i was was kind of uh, not happy to go up in the morning, but still it was it was knocking me, so there must be something more and there was the idea of Uh, at this time there was actually a big trend of of intro tech fintech Uh, remember five years ago was the 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 big thing everybody was talking about it but unfortunately i didn't have an idea and then uh, i came across actually more or less by coincidence with one of my co-founders that was a former employee of mine who said hey i actually have a good idea for an intro tech company would you be interested to to discuss that. And I said, oh, that's, that's the right moment to do it. I'm absolutely open to do a next step. It was the right time. And we also realized with our solution, the same solution seven, eight years ago, uh, before, nobody would have been interested. So there are so many elements of timing that need to come together, I think. Do you think
0: what's the biggest pushback you have in this marketplace solution? Because is it the complexity or because we know that the best service providers you know it's interesting for me i I always think about this as a consumer so on a consumer level if i want to fix my car if i want to have some work done on my house i don't go to one of the big brand providers of these things but when you're an insurance provider for example you will get an arrangement with like the, the company with the biggest you know network of garages um So the kind of quality thing has always been, is is it that kind of validation of insurance, validation of credentials? What's been the biggest hurdle to kind of this marketplace idea?
1: I would say we were also, of course, always asked, where are you disruptive? And I always said, we are actually not disruptive. We help insurance companies to do something better and more professional that they were anyway doing. But what we have seen is that Um, In some markets, insurance companies, they worked together with three, four big companies. And these companies, the only service they had is that they had a network of uh, providers. And of course, for them at the beginning, for these large companies, it was a big step to be open to say, yes, we join a marketplace, yes, we join a platform with all our providers and their locations because it makes them more transparent of course so you have not only you not only discuss about price you also discuss about quality what was a very important part but there that's where we probably took the most time to convince these large providers to join the platform. The insurance companies quite quickly realized that they have a lot of benefits also as you again if we think of you as a policyholder, you normally would if the insurance company is organizing for you to provide that it is going to fix something, you also prefer to have a local person or a local company that that um, offers good quality right you don't want that somebody is fixing something in your house and needs to drive two hundred uh, kilometers to come there. that's not what we want and um, that's why insurance companies realized quite quickly what the benefit is the small or high quality Providers, they were of course very open because it was their chance to get access to all these still very interesting orders. You know, else it was like a market they didn't have access to because they didn't have the chance to participate. And now with our platform, they have the chance to participate. And what we also do, I guess, what makes us quite unique there is. We are not an open platform where everyone can sign up, because else you would have a, a problem with quality, right? If everybody could come, oh, I also do some painting, or I am I also have a car repair shop, or I'm also a little bit a lawyer, it doesn't work. So what we did is, um, each insurance company, they have formally or informally, they have their networks, because... Either they have it uh, centralised, but often they have it decentralised. They have their people on the ground, they have their claims experts on the ground. These claims experts, they know which ones are the good ones. They have this knowledge. So we invited insurance companies to nominate all the providers that they are aware of that do good quality and we onboarded those providers. So it's only by invitation you can become a part of our platform and get access. But then you get access, not only to one insurance company, you get access to all of them. And with this, we could create this marketplace that works for all the participants.
0: Mm. I'd be interested to see the impact it has on, you know, on price, because um, we had a company called Handy on here, um, who, I don't know, it's not so much a marketplace, but addressing the same solution that hosts claim is that they would have these you would have these claims that kind of fall between a large, you know, construction company would be interested only in the larger bits of work. And then you had these kind of smaller claims where it just was very low priority. So that meant the service levels were poor. Um, but also kind of exactly that, that you'd have these smaller organizations or sorry, small companies, you know, small like, individual builders that very high quality, probably more price efficient um, because ultimately I'd have, you know, one would imagine that some of these large companies, the way they work, they're outsourcing the work anyway. So all they're really doing is holding that contract and holding the right insurances for that, and then and then being responsible. But actually, the work's probably getting done by this network effect. Is is that is that something that you kind of anecdotally were aware of, or did did that come up in the conversations?
1: Now, what we realized uh, it, it it was a plan that we have because we had from the beginning. Because if you see, if you look at the structure of the market, so what's the the worst that can can happen from an insurance perspective is the biggest leakage you have in that area. It's not the hourly rate if it's a little bit more or if somebody takes a few minutes longer. That's not what what actually turns the needle. What the difference is is. If somebody goes to a customer to fix a wall or to paint the wall because the wall is broken, if this uh, painter is not um, only painting one wall, wall but is it's doing two or three because the, the policyholder says, oh, I would be very glad. Please also do this, this, and this if you're here. And then they say, OK, we can all charge on the insurance. They have three times more costs. Or if if uh, um, the for leakage detection, there are some companies that are not so trained. They go in a bathroom to find the leakage and then they draw holes into tiles. So all the tiles need to be replaced. And if you have a high-quality one, he finds a way. How can he do his job without breaking something else? And this is where the leakage, the, the 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 really big payments come from that you want to avoid as an insurance company. That's why the quality aspect of it was always very very important to us to make sure that um, yeah that that the costs are kept in a, in a let's say on on the on a lower level, but what was also always our goal, we never have we always have as a principle that we want to make sure that the providers can still earn good money, because it doesn't work if you try to go from one offering to the other offering to another offering, and you pressure, pressure, pressure on price. You will get bad quality. You will have unhappy providers, and we try to create a system. Also, for example, for smaller claims, that we said we say to the insurance companies: don't ask for an offer. Give a cost uh, expense cap on a certain level, let the, the tradesmen in this example, let them work, because it's not efficient if they need to do first a quote. You need to check it. You need to accept it. You can do that for larger ones, but not for really the small things. So that's mm-hmm. a bit of the philosophy. That's why we also have seen that, in, in general, the costs came down, but not, it didn't come down because the, the providers were pressured. It's more because it's better organized
0: yeah yeah that the sort of more natural re- reduction in price because it's more efficient because i think the complaint has always been and you know i i, I, I think i shared with you claims is always very close to my heart i started out in claims and, and and spent half of my headhunting career just recruiting in senior level claims and loss adjusting positions and particularly when i got close to loss adjusting or tpa firms but particularly loss adjusting and we talk about this relationship with the insurers, and, and it was this sort of, sort of almost kind of um, it was always price driven. It was like commoditized service, and the problem with that is, is it only goes one way, and then and then you you essentially end up squeezing out um, quality, um, and for both sides. And actually, this sort of lack of transparency, inefficient process inefficient workers all kind of leads to that kind of lack of profitability whereas as you're saying if you can make the model more efficient we can get that low price for the insurers which they could pass on to their customers but we're doing it in a way that drives quality as well because yeah that that big company to big company relationship all that then becomes is you know if you're a loss-adjusting firm as an example and and i know we're not necessarily talking about loss-adjusting firms but uh, taking those as an example you're your driver becomes just not to lose that contract, and then and then it's just an erosion of of, of the price. So yeah, it makes perfect sense to kind of have this uh, unique model. Um, Andreas, if I remember correctly, and I might not might not be correct on this, but isn't there something quite unique about your pricing model and the way that you uh, generate revenue?
1: Because uh, there are several elements that I would consider that were, were USPs or were very important to be successful with the solution we have. One of those is exactly the pricing model. As uh, you also know when you, you talk or work with a, with a large company, they have uh, their uh, budgets for IT. and for projects, so the operational expenses, and they are very, very tightly managed. So normally you have also a cycle of one year, and then every year it gets planned again. So, if we would have been relying on on with our pricing model on these operational expenses, it would also have been very hard and more time consuming to scale, because a lot of companies would have said, "Yeah, we like your solution, we like what you do, but we need to wait for the ne- next cycle that we, we we at all have budget to work together." So what we have done is that we actually have um, defined a 100% transactional fee model, means there are no fixed costs, no licensing costs, nothing. But each transaction that gets executed on our platform, so it's for both solutions on the provider management side, but also on the um, smart contracting, on on the automated cover check side, Uh, there is a fee and this fee can allocate can be allocated to the particular claim so to the claims costs so we are on the one hand in the bucket of the big claims payments what is also correct because it's it's an additional effort that is needing needed to settle that claim and also the benefit that you at the end potentially pay less because you have a, a high quality provider you have also as a benefit on that claim so it's actually Correct how we do it, but it also helped us on a tactical way to to always have the possibility to work together with insurance companies if they like our solution.
0: Mm. Yeah, I was just thinking as a as a man that has a kind of sales quote on his head every month, and a partnerships kind of part of my job it's like it's a lot easier to go and sell something where you say you don't have to pay anything; you can just sell so. Um, I, I, it's interesting kind of method of adoption but it also makes perfect sense uh, and and it's it's interesting that it's come from do you think that model would have come from people that don't come from the insurance industry you know you've got this background I, I i'm sure it could have done but it feels like a it feels like a result of work in the insurance industry is why you've been able to come up with that creative kind of pricing model absolutely this is one one of the I guess it's unique
1: for insurance, that part. And and to be fully transparent, it was actually when uh, when I was working on the concept of the company, when I did the business plan and the business model, I was writing it down. Obviously, I was sharing it with um, some of my friends in the insurance uh, industry, and one was a, a manager of one of the, the big insurance companies in in Switzerland. He said, I very much like the idea. I will be open for a pilot, I can already tell you now, if if you really implement what you are showing me. But please do the pricing model like this, else it takes me a year until I have enough money uh, from my IT department to to start working with you. So actually the idea came by a friend in the industry where I was sharing the concept. He said,
0: change this, change this, then it makes it also much easier for us to work together. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shows how important those kind of relationships are. So it's like things like the Lloyd's Lab. You know, we we work very closely with the Lloyd's Lab and uh, and, and support them. And I know you've came from the industry, but it, it's that kind of industry insight into actually how practically things work, not just how they should work. Because we love to talk about how things should work, but it's a very imperfect model. So yeah, knowing what is possible and and that's just corporate business. I mean uh i mean it's it's funny for me being a service provider to the industry just thinking about the transparency of this and yeah the reason why we resist working with some of the very large companies is 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 actually how painful that procurement process is and and going through those processes is uh yeah not great so you think there's a small service provider i think even kind of having that interaction point is very attractive as well because as a provider i want to work with something that's already managing those kind of relationships is managing those contracts and then it's just a case of me being able to execute on that work it's it's that's all we need to do um I wanted to talk to you about regulation um is there any pushback from a regulatory perspective is 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 the regulation probably obviously has to factor into this and yeah how much of a headache did that cause you in your development
1: yeah very very good question um yeah actually though Two, two sides, how I would look at it. One thing is also you could call it a, a coincidence, or it could could have been good uh, a good tummy feeling. So also one of our founders was the general counsel at Zurich Insurance in Switzerland. So he brought all the knowledge about uh, data privacy, data security on the table. And and he said from the beginning, he said, let's build this platform that we have the perfect platform or we have it done by design as well. I I remember we had some hard discussions at the beginning. Is that really needed everywhere? And then, then he said, no, let's do it perfectly. He always said, you will see some years down the lane, it will be one of our USPs. And we, we we did that. So as he had recommended, and now we, we can really say we have architecturally we have a platform with uh, several layers of encryption with keys that only people with the right keys can see stuff. And so there we are very very fit. We we did in the in the first year we also did a, did the ISO certification, twenty seven thousand and one and nine thousand and one. What normally some other young companies told me if I'm not, they said how can you do that. Already in this early state, it doesn't make sense. And we said, no, that's a very important part. And now we see more and more in some markets, we we immediately could win some clients. And half of the discussion was about that part if we have it really under control, and only half of the discussion was really with the business if they like the solution. And I guess we are the only. Uh, solution out of the box that you can use also for claims in in with doctors with lawyers where you have very sensitive data that yeah no absolutely a usp what we also that's a bit perspective of the product itself and then of course when we were launching different countries we are working switzerland is the home market where we are the market standard as well but we are also in germany in uk in italy in Austria and some other countries. And there we were always a bit wondering at the beginning if the services we offer for health insurance, if this can be scaled, outside uh, of our home market, we then realized that this works actually very well because the structure we have on on our platform is not based on a product, so we are not talking about health insurance, but we talk about the service, that you can book a service, a second opinion of a doctor for a work disability, for example and this service you have in all the markets you have everywhere in each market you have a need that the doctor sometimes need to give a second opinion on a work disability but in some countries it's called this product in some countries it's called this product but the service itself is the same and that was something honestly I was at the beginning a bit reluctant I'm really not sure if if the health part we can scale it but now we see in the combination with what we have as data security and data privacy in the platform, together with this logic of service, we can scale it actually very fast. Mm.
0: I, it's funny you mentioned healthcare. Uh, I've, 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 <laughs> I've mentioned this far too many times on the podcast, but I had a terrible experience with my health insurance provider, um, and it was all on the claims process. And I was just I, I sort of extrapolating that out. Have you seen, have you seen some of your insurer partners be able to kind of change that claims experience on a personal level now? Because it seems like there's a potential to sort of empower your customers to effectively go out and have a much quicker, more efficient claims process. Um, has that changed the way any of them have handled claims? Or has that kind of left them to kind of go, right, well, you know, you can you can see it validated. You can see you're insured. You can see you're covered and you can proactively be. I'm just wondering how many have changed actually how that claims process works rather than kind of let's say a, call, a sort of claims call center. Um, yeah, have they changed actually how that claim process now works on using your product? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We see
1: how it's going to change. Now, first,
0: first give you an answer
1: a bit in general and then I, I will come back quickly to healthcare in particular. So in general, what we of course now see is that, first of all, the insurance companies offer much more much more clearly that they actually can organize the whole help to settle a claim so that the, you as a policyholder, if you're notifying something, you don't have the hassle of all the administration running off the providers, getting quotes, handing it in, paying the bill by yourself and asking for the money back so that... That you don't have anymore. So they, they openly communicate and say, hey, we can organize everything for you. Then there are uh, functionalities in the platform that they can send you a link and then say, Hey, we send you a link with the three car garages in your area that we would recommend or the three lawyers in your area that we would recommend that you go and you click. And then also, you know, the appointment booking with the provider, everything is also digital. So you can then also, digital with the lawyer, you can book your first appointment. So there you have really this customer interaction on a digital level. But everything then, when it comes about the handing in the bill by the by the, the provider, checking the bill, all this is in the background, also partially automated on the platform, but you as a policyholder, you're actually not bothered anymore. And of course, what you always get, what we what we hear, what, what what this kind of stand up for us, that you of course can give a a rating where you're happy with this provider, yes or no, but you have a full service. So that's how it is uh, generally used. Now, when we look a bit into healthcare, because you mentioned it there, we differentiate a bit two different kinds of doctors we have on a platform. On the one hand, we have these doctors that do second opinions so there i would say the customer experience didn't change very materially except that it is also easier to to get an appointment the other part is in uk we have actually all the large hospitals uh, on our platform also a lot of the clinics so we can over our platform we can even book an appointment of a doctor in a particular hospital And there we see the customer experience of of, uh, one of our largest clients has changed dramatically as they now, before they had to, to, uh, somebody would call and say, oh, I need a doctor for my throat. I have a bad throat. And then it would say, okay, we will call around. they, They literally were calling around doctors and would get back and say, okay, I could find one. You can go then and then. And now they can. On the, on the phone directly with the customer they can say okay we have here one should I book this one or do you will want to have this one we can book directly in the calendar of this doctor mm.
0: that's then. uh yeah I'm not, I'm not, I'll have to find out who that is when we got the photo my my experience was that I had the photo out of the them, but it was uh it was supposed to be empowering but it was just annoying it just wanted to kind of get it done um and I, I don't think that's the thing as well the, the other thing when I think about solutions like this is that the changing face of the customer as well is that you know I'm a customer that I, I don't want to talk to a human if I don't need to if I can resolve a problem with my bank without talking to them I want to you know if I can do the same with my insurance provider then then you know because I want to do it on my own terms and it's you know having to make phone calls is then interrupting my day and and, and I think you know I think everyone is moving towards that if they're not there already uh because I'm by no means the most kind of digitally native individual Um, and I wanted to move on to the conversation slightly about smart contracts because we mentioned it earlier in um, the conversation Um, the the smart contract for me just sounds like an essential element to this and I wanted to understand what why and how you use the smart contracts but then secondly to load this up I just don't understand why smart contracts are not so more widely embraced in insurance it makes 100% so I don't know if you want to speak to that at the same time. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, actually, um, the smart contract, how it, how it works is you need to imagine we give a, a, a drag and drop environment to the insurance company that they can, in this drag and drop environment, they can create a smart contract by themselves. So they take their policy wording, they take their claims guidelines, what they now have in a physical form or in a PDF form. And they construct this model that's something we can train a claims handler or an underwriter and within two hours he knows how to use it and he can click, click publish and then this smart contract is created. Now this smart contract, as it is smart, is asking only uh, those questions that are relevant to a customer to a certain claim. So if there is a, a first notification of loss, the smart contract automatically displays only the questions that are relevant, because it knows what, what is needed to do the cover check. This normally are only three to five questions at the end to the to the holder, so very lean and, and, and small, but the relevant ones. And afterwards, the smart contract offers like Input fields, you can say, okay, this was broken, this was damaged, this needs to be replaced. You can put in the items, you categorize them, and then it calculates in detail how much is covered or, or, of it or not. For example, you would say, yeah, I had a storm and my fence was broken. You would say to replace the fence you would have an offer or the insurance company has already an offer through our platform for providers that would say it costs 800 euros to replace it. It would show exactly, okay, 730 are covered, 70 not because it's the deductible or it would say it reached the limit. That's why it's only 500 or and it also gives explanation why something is not fully covered. So you get this proper assessment there that you then also can um, uh, then we also can of course start the following process to say who should now come and fix it or do you want to have the money pay out? So this is how it actually works with these smart contracts. Now, um, Technically what we use is a, is a functional program language. That's a similar language or the same language you also use in in the area of blockchain. Now often people ask, yeah, is it then a blockchain you have? Then say, No, it's not a blockchain, because blockchain has a on a one hand a smart contract, on the other hand the distri- distributed ledger. The distributed ledger is not relevant for us. We don't have that, but this capability to to create flexible smart contracts that, and insurance contracts are very complex because they are not a tree that goes down step, step by step. They always have loops again and these loops change the whole logic again. That's what makes it very, very difficult to, to have a solution we were lucky we had an it professor um, uh, that actually had the lead to develop that for four years took him four years together with the team to come up with a solution that now is fully functional that's why i guess everyone wants to go into that direction also in insurance insurance companies realize the potential of it what what they struggle with is they have lots of old products that they have sold. They have a lot of versions, they have a, a big variety of products, and it makes it for them very difficult to bring them in a, in a digital form. They, they tried sometimes to hard code something, but if you want to hard code something, uh, it takes them a year for one contract, and if you have 500 contracts, or the different types of contracts, then you're you, 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 you are never finished. It takes you 500 years. So, Um, With our solution, we are now convinced, of course, that we have the tool that the insurance companies need also for the legacy uh, products for everything actually to bring it uh, back in a digital form. But, uh, yeah, we see the interest is very high, but as it is with insurance, of course, it's always step by step we, we go forward, but I guess everybody wants to go there, they simply sometimes don't know yet how.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, it's, and and like you say, it's step changing, I and mean, we're seeing a lot of this incremental kind of um, evolution in the insurance industry. And and you know, yes, it's great that we've got fully digital insurers that are kind of building on, you know, natively digital digital platforms, which makes these things easier. But if you're a legacy uh, player, then you know, yes, you can start writing new contracts with what might be smart contracts, but th- doing that retrospective work is probably just inefficient and and not not re- it's not cost effective or therefore profitable. Um, it's been I I could talk about this all day and and, and uh, it's been a really good conversation. Um, I I always like to end on kind of like what's next. And I know, I know that you raised the series A last year in in July. Um, uh, led by our friends at EOS. Um, but um, yeah, what's what's next for the Euroa team other than changing the name to be a, a Y rather than a J because everyone kept mispronouncing it. I think. <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly. You realized in some markets, as we had a J at the beginning and not not a Y, they were, is it now Charova or Yarova? And it made <laughs> it more difficult. And uh, that's why we changed it now with a Y Yarova, so that it's clear for everyone how to pronounce it. Yeah, no, our goals are, of course, we have a solution that works, right? So we have actually two solutions with the provider management and the, the automated cover check that are unique, they work well. And we have good traction with over 90 insurance companies in several European countries. But there are still much more European countries we can leverage our platform to. Uh, There are also, with the existing customers, we have still, in in the existing markets, we have, of course, a lot of potential still to grow. Um, we also uh, use the same platform for property management companies. So, for example, one of the largest property management companies in Europe is using the platform because they also have damages and buildings they need to have fixed. And we use it as well for leasing companies. So there, we have. Let's say in Europe, we have still big plans how how to spread it more to grow more. Um, and this we can also do with our current setup, we can do it with our current funding. So this is actually uh, what is the base plan we are working on. In addition, we are also now um, looking into some other regions like uh, North America. We know that there is the way we solve these problems or challenges that the insurance companies have. We haven't seen a company doing it the same way. Of course, there are companies that try to sell, solve the same, but they have a different approach, of course. But there we also see so, some potential as well in, in um, Australia, New Zealand and Japan. But this will always be in a second step. First, we have now still for the next six to 12 months, of course, the full focus on on further rollout in Europe. And we are now elaborating when it would be the right time and if it's uh, the right decision to go, then also into other regions.
0: Love it. World domination is on the on the agenda. So, um Ajay, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to have this conversation. And um, yeah, I was I was intrigued back in Barcelona, and, and I think it's um it's a really neat solution for something that's such a obvious problem to people that work in the insurance industry, and particularly claims nerds like me. Um, so, thank you once again for being a guest on the Leadership and Insurance Podcast, Alex. Many thanks from my side as well. It was a big pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.